0: Looking at him on, on his Instagram, oh, um, the beard is good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely a better look for him.
0: Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a Huff Post podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where
1: we lovingly snark on The
0: Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows.
1: Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Today, we are in mourning. It's time to pour one out for Deany Babies. Too pure for this world. For this TV show. Too pure to be The Bachelor, that's the question. Is he too
0: pure to be on Bachelor in Paradise, Claire? I think we have our answer. (laughs) And that answer is no.
1: I would hope that more people were too pure to be
0: on Bachelor in Paradise, but apparently not. Um, So right now, we'll just have a sip of of coffee in Dean's honor and... Wish him well on his next journey.
1: His next journey of love. But first, we have a lot of hometown dates to talk about. Four, actually. Four. (laughs) The usual number of hometown dates. And we're joined by Jasmine Lawson, culture editor at Giphy. Yes, hi. (laughs) Thanks so much for being here. I always forget how to say it. I'm like, is it Jiffy or Giffy?
2: It's Giffy. Okay. Um, we say hard Correct. G for hard G's. Um, <laughs> uh, I like so that. Everyone at the company says GIF, but we, GIF isn't wrong. It's just not right. It's just alternative. <laughs> yeah. It's an yeah. alternative. alternative. I, I prefer fashion. GIF. It
1: just sounds
0: better. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. I remember hearing, like, the um, the creator of the format said that he wanted it to be, like, Choosy formatters, choose GIF or something like Choosy Moms. No. Okay. No. Um, so <laughs> let's start with Eric. <laughs> the most right delightful hometown yes. date. It was so good. Guys, so I loved it so much. Eric I brings him. her home to Baltimore. <laughs> this was like a, a surprising date because he was so nervous to bring her home. He said a lot about his upbringing and how rough it was and like had the difficult times he had with his mom and his family, not being there for him, not giving him good, uh, you know, role modeling. And then we met them and they were just so delightful. And I was like. I feel like I just was, like, braced for a step that wasn't there and, like, my stomach was (laughs) like, what? Yeah, I feel like they set this up um,
0: so that it could have gone very poorly and then, like— Everyone was holding their breath, and we were all able to just let out a sigh of relief.
2: Yeah, yeah. I loved it. The way that they sung a whole song for her. And then the immediate thing that I tweeted was, like, how can she choose any other family that's not full of black aunties? Like, I just (laughs) if she's, like, missing that in her life and he has a family of, like, 20 black aunties that are just going to cheer and, like, love you— um like Auntie Verna. <laughs> I was gonna say I would like Hero. to
0: hang out with Aunt
2: Verna. Like. I immediately saw people talking about like yeah, Auntie Verna is everything.
1: <laughs> oh, she was the best. But um so first they just sort of meet in Baltimore and spend a little one on one time together. They play basketball and like a pickup court. Yeah, I saw a diggy tweet like where
0: did they find an empty basketball court on a nice day? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they probably just kicked everyone. Yeah, it's like
0: they they uh, definitely said we're shooting here and no <laughs> one else is allowed to be there. Um and yeah, Eric spoke really well about his his upbringing and he talked about Baltimore and what it means to him and then we meet his friend
1: Ralph or his I heard someone was say it was his, cousin? his cousin. I was okay. I wasn't sure it's was his cousin yeah. because some I thought it was his guy, friend. Suddenly, this guy was just there, and I was like, "What?" Okay, is I
2: couldn't happening?
0: tell if it was a family friend, best friend growing up, yeah. or an actual blood relative.
2: It was funny because I was also watching his Instagram story the same time, and he was like revealing everyone reacting to the, themselves on TV, <laughs> like, "Look, mom, it's your part." And then the, that guy was there too. You're finally on TV. And, yeah, and we still so we still
0: haven't gotten clarity on the relationship, yeah, <laughs>
2: but it was so. And and they were dressed in all white. They had all white <laughs> for for their big family hometown. Yeah,
0: it looked like they had like rented out a space at like a hotel in Baltimore, yeah. and it looked really fun. I watched the the <laughs> Instagram the story thing. after uh, later at night, so I, I'm a little disappointed I didn't get to see it play out in real time. But like everyone just looked so joyful, just like they did on on, on the, the show. show. Yeah.
1: Um, I loved when he took out the basketball when they got to his neighborhood, and she was like, "Oh, are you gonna ready to get school today?" Because she also plays basketball, oh, and she, and she, she was, was like, in
0: like four inch heels.
1: Yeah, no, she was not prepared to that
0: play. That was
2: really
1: impressive. I was like, "That
2: <laughs> Rachel does all. She did, yeah, <laughs> she does." I was
1: like, if you didn't believe she was like a magical being I before, love how they, like tease each other. She's, she just like brings out the best in everyone, and that was like. Almost the weird thing about this Hometown episode is, like, everyone she met just was like, okay, I love her. Mm-hmm. Like, she just is able to conquer any situation.
0: She handles herself so well. in And, and these were four very different families in four very different cities. Um, and, and I tweeted something about this last night, but, like, you know, we've been watching this show now for too many seasons and this was the most interesting set of hometowns that i've seen. Often you feel like it's like one cookie cutter family onto the next with like one family that presents some sort of challenge tacked on to the They're end. Divorced. Right. Some yeah, a horrible <laughs> like, moral
1: failing yeah. like divorce. Um it's like- <laughs> three three conventional white families with two and a half children and then with one giant conventional houses. white family with two and a half children that are divorced. And they all live in giant houses. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and this I feel like we actually got – and and it's partly a credit to her. Like she is able to engage in more complex conversations than mm-hmm. I think we've seen in the past and oh, also yeah. the guys that she is drawn to um, – sort of are, are up to having those more interesting conversations and then yeah. so it sort of like bleeds into everything. But I really I liked seeing that
2: variety. Yeah, I really enjoyed that um I'm Verna I was like, let's talk about the R A C E word. And yes. she really was able to put um Rachel in a comfortable space to like talk about the situation and, you know, the pressure of being the first black bachelorette or the first black lead in the series ever Um, so that was amazing just to like finally have the conversation in real time in the show um, and in a safe space in an environment with another black woman so I was really proud of that moment.
1: Yeah that was really and it's interesting because we've been expecting I think there to be more conversation about race on the show but it's always coming from the black contestants or in this case their families um, because like the, the white contestants seem very uncomfortable talking oh. about it. So it was nice to see that that moment for Rachel where it was like we don't have to dance around this. We don't have to you know be precious about it. We, right. We're just gonna say what we're thinking and Rachel was like yeah I'm feeling a lot of pressure from both sides Mm -hmm. from black people and from white people and aunt verna was like yeah you are like (laughs) of course like that's really hard and rachel said you know i just want to be selfish for once and like find the person i love and love knows no color
2: and aunt verna was like i like that yeah no i thought that was great i mean she said just like all the other bachelorettes, she's worthy of this entire experience and yeah. to do it the same way as it's always been done. That it shouldn't be changed just because of who she is. And I was like, yeah, girl,
1: take <laughs> all this experience. Yeah, make out, out with make, all
2: make, of exactly. these dudes. That yeah. made me so uncomfortable. The way she was like passionately making out with four people. Oh, yeah. I'm like you're girl.
0: like no, but this, that that is uh That's how
1: this show goes. Right. So I just don't know how Get they Get the full do experience. It. compartmentalization necessary, I would just, like, not be able to Well, from what past leads have said, like, that
0: part of it is is the hardest part and why they – you sort of, at this point, start to see them get pretty consistently emotional because it's a lot of emotional labor to kind of put up those walls. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but I loved this whole – I loved the exchange with Aunt Verna, and it was such a great reminder that, like, hey, we don't need a bigot like Lee in the mix to have really interesting, nuanced conversations about race. Like, those things are going to come up because she's a black
2: woman. And she brought them up herself when she wanted to. Like, she was easy to ask, like— Have you ever dated a black girl? Like if when I come home with you, is this about to be a setup? And I I saw so many (laughs) jokes last night about Rachel's experience being something like the movie Get Out and like
1: having
2: to (laughs) escape some of the families. And I was like, Yeah, you need to ask these questions before you don't know. Cause like the, the guy you might be dating might be very progressive, but his family. Who knows? Right. You need to know yeah. what you're stepping
0: into. Yeah. That makes sense. And at, like, as you said, those questions would have come up anyway. We don't mm-hmm. need to like bring a white
1: supremacist into the House and to promote that. Is a very unproductive conversation because like so many white supremacists, they often don't want to overtly say that they're racist. Mm-hmm. So they just won't address the elephant in the room. And then you end up having a very confusing and unproductive conversation about race, um, which is what happened. But um, I also just loved the family dynamic seemed so – they seemed really in sync, which is interesting because Eric talked about not having – Yeah, not Mm -hmm. having like a unified family structure. But um, you can really see how similar they all are and like the – when he – Brings up how they met on after the final rose. They all started doing his little (laughs) dance that he did. Mm, I loved that, and it was so cute. Like they just all seemed to, yeah, just be in sync with each other. And there was
0: a lot of the self reflection that I think we've seen in Eric as he's gotten more one on one time is really apparent in his parents as well. You know, Mm -hmm. both of his, both his mom and his dad in those even short conversations, acknowledge, like, yeah, you've had these challenges because you saw this gap in our relationship in X, Y, and Z way, but we've come out stronger from that, and I'm so proud of you. Like, it was such a productive Mm
2: -hmm. exchange
0: where everyone could kind of acknowledge, like, yeah, things weren't perfect, and there were challenges here, but, like, we're all sitting here
2: now. I'm— was really happy about the conversation him and Rachel had, especially when she asked him, like, well, will you allow me to be someone to help you? Are you in that space yet? Because that is a big question to ask, especially at the end where it kind of ticked her off that he said, I love you and let me tell you what that means. And she like, <laughs> you just didn't stop at I love you. But like, it means I really care a lot about you. But you can see that was progress for him. Like, it, he probably has never even said that much to someone in a romantic relationship before, so even if Eric isn't the one in the end, I like how the show and their relationship has allowed him to say things he's just never done or has never been permitted to express his vulnerability in that way. Um, it's been amazing just to see him break down on TV in that way. I'm very vulnerable. I'm comparing a lot of things to like Jay Z and Beyonce in this whole <laughs> era of like Jay Z allowing black men to just cry and like have their lemonade moment, and like it's so great to see Eric be in that space and really be vulnerable so as much as like this show has allowed for like this black woman to own like her space it's definitely allowed a lot of these different like black men to like own their conversations and talk about feelings like in my personal life like that's big dilemmas they just don't talk about things And so that's been really great to just see him have the conversation.
0: Yeah, and that is the nice thing about The Bachelorette versus The Bachelor because there is this, like, expectation that these men who are often painted as, like, Mm -hmm. hyper-masculine are expected to talk a lot about their feelings Mm -hmm. and what love means to them. And and we laugh at it, we make fun of it, but to an extent it is this thing that we don't get to see in pop culture that often. Yeah,
1: and it's, I mean, Eric clearly... um, already had that vocabulary. He's someone who talks about his feelings a lot and analyzes why they are the way they are. And I really liked his conversation with his mom because you you could really see where that comes from. And he's talked about how he didn't feel like she gave him the love that he wanted. And she acknowledges that. And she's like, you know, I know that you felt like I wasn't giving you that, but I've seen men with a lot of potential in my family Um, instead of reaching, you know, upward and being ambitious, just reaching for what's next to them, which is their mother. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want you to just be so attached to what was easy, to, to having your mother care for you, that you never made anything for yourself. And she wanted him to, like, instead be open to a love like Rachel. And I thought that was so interesting, and especially compared to... What we see later with Dean is just this acknowledgement of, like, this is the choice I made as a parent. There were consequences, and some of them weren't good. And I am aware of that, and I am sorry for that, but I also am proud of how you turned out. And, yeah, we saw that with his dad as well. He's like, I wasn't always the best parent. I wasn't always making things easier for you, but I'm proud of how you overcame that. And I honestly didn't tweet much about this date because— I just had nothing to say. <laughs> I was like, they're saying it all. Like, yeah. I
0: think my only tweets were
2: this.
1: like, "Eric's family is delightful.
0: Right. I like him."
2: Like, <laughs> it made me excited because I mean, in my own personal life, I haven't been at that stage yet either. Where I've brought someone home, like. No one's ever met my mom or my grandfather, or like been like in sync with the family. So it's not a rare thing. The way the show tried to make it seem like you've never brought oh, anyone home—that's like, just not like common. Like you date a lot of people in your twenties, and they just, especially if you live in a city like New York or LA, how often you like bring someone all the way home? No, um, to I, where t- you're from.
0: I totally agree. Yeah. He's he's, <laughs> so, he's living on the West Coast and exactly, he's from the yeah. East Coast. It's like a pretty big thing to be like fly across the
1: country with me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
2: So I don't think that was that weird, but it made me excited for that moment in my life when it finally happens to, like, introduce someone into your family, so.
1: Yeah, I think there's, it's a weird, they conflate bringing someone home with meeting their family. Like, my college boyfriend definitely met my family, but I never made him go back to Indiana to, Mm -hmm. like, be at my home, and I did make my husband do that, like, right away. I made him go to Indiana, but, like, there's, like... A distinction, I guess, for me of, like, there's a big commitment to bringing someone, like, home for the holidays. But then again, I I do earlier on want my family to meet someone I'm dating. But they kind of treat on The Bachelor like it's all the same yeah. thing. I don't know. But um Eric seems more ready than I expected from earlier Oh yeah. in the season.
2: <laughs> I didn't even really like Eric or thought yeah. to give him a chance in, like, the first few episodes. Like... When we didn't the, see much po- We didn't see a lot
0: of, a lot from him. When he in had those his first back and episodes. forth with,
2: what was his name? Iggy. And like that whole yeah. Cob- yeah. debacle thing happened. I was on his side because I was like, yeah, Iggy, you're a little tripping, <laughs> a, little, <laughs> a little obsessive with Eric in a weird way. But I, I didn't think that Eric was someone that, um, Rachel the way that she was being describing liking him so much I'm like I don't see where it's happening but there's a lot that you just don't see on the show and now that he's had the space to like shine a little bit more I'm like oh he's amazing
0: I think now that he has gotten that affirmation which is what we saw him saying he needed at Mm -hmm. the beginning he's just a thousand times more comfortable yeah um and the beard
2: like the beard <laughs> makes Eric look so much better like i don't understand why he didn't have it for the majority of the season but he looks fine i wonder if he just yeah. thought it
0: would be easier to upkeep like a clean shave yeah, on the show maybe
2: but he looks like a whole <laughs> new man That's like yeah he does look yeah <laughs> if, if anyone hasn't
0: been like looking at him on on his instagram oh um the beard is good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely a better look for him. But um no, I also think he tends to like when he's uncomfortable retreat into these kind of new agey clichés and to he would say to Rachel like we're here, we're alive, like we begin to know <laughs> each other and I was like, "Oh brother." But then you see him get like dig beyond that into Mm -hmm. really talking about what's going on with them and it's it it makes me like i'm willing to put up with the new agey stuff because it's so nice that he's more open but we have to talk about brian as well on to miami um rachel says that miami is just like brian it's hot it's steamy (laughs) and sometimes it just speaks to you in spanish (laughs) I was like, oh, good
0: one, Rachel. Um, oh, boy. Okay, she's, again, I've said this a thousand times, but she is so visibly into him. Yeah. She, she says, hi, baby. That's how yeah. she greets him. It's so intimate. They obviously make out a thousand times before
2: they speak words to each other. (laughs) I do not like Brian. Like, I need him to go. He's not gonna go. She's attracted to him a lot. And I think the lust is blinding her. Like, the whole, he's too good to be true. Everyone's like, it is. It's too good. (laughs) He's not a good person. He's just not.
0: (laughs) I can't. I just don't feel like I've gotten a proper read on him. And that bothers me being this far into it. Like, I don't know that he's not a good person I just don't feel like I've seen a ton of substance and I feel Mm -hmm. like with the other men and I don't know if this is just a matter of how they have edited it or what but like with the other men I feel like I have a better sense of who they each are.
2: But even Rachel, when she has conversations with them, she easily turns them very lustful. Like, she really is cuddly with him and wants to kiss him and be all over him. Like, I feel like with the other guys, she wants to just, like, talk and get to know. And with Brian, it's like, he turns her on. Like, this yeah. is it. So, and I she's made well, of why to... I kind of think she's gonna pick him. Yeah. <laughs> but no, girl, you want to
1: get married. I know. But he's also the oldest, so I feel like she's probably like, of course he's ready. He's thirty, And he's <laughs> (laughs) So, um, he's
0: so straightforward about how into her he is. And, you know, that is what, when we'll get to this, but that's going to be Peter's undoing. It's like that doubt, any any amount of doubt. And with Brian, Mm -hmm. he's, like, the right age. He's employed. yeah, He's super into her. That's where the bar is. The
2: first episode, I was into Brian because he was the first one to, like, go for the kiss and to really, like, be, you know— really dominant about the situation. Like, I don't know what I'm here for. But then that's what it became. It just became very lustful. I'm like, like I said, there's no (laughs) substance. What else is there to you?
1: Uh, Except his mom. Oh, God. (laughs) We'll get there. First they go. They're in Miami. So, of course, he takes her to play dominoes in the park. I thought that was cute. I was a little bugged because— It ended up that he was just talking to the guys there in Spanish while Rachel was like, what? Like, he was talking about her in Spanish to these apparently strangers. Like, it didn't seem like he even knew them. He's like... Yeah, I just wanted to like she's she would come here and go to the beach. So I want to show her like the real Miami and like that she's like what? What's happening? Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know. I feel like ABC's editing even with all of these guys were like this is our ultra progressive bachelorette season. This is the guy that <laughs> yeah, speaks Spanish. I, yeah, I agree. Even like on they, Peter, we'll get to Peters but like why is we're both with his oh, two yeah. interracial couple friends and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and his dad is a Sikh and like, like all of this they did too much to make it like super diverse in a way that was uncle- comfortable i feel like they
0: want they were like he's colombian
1: he's not some random white dude they wanted to really
2: like mm-hmm. drive that
1: yeah home. um so then they go to calle ocho which he tells her means eighth street Ooh. yeah <laughs> um, better i'd stick with calle ocho And they get hats. He gets her an arepa, (laughs) and he, like, explains to her what it is. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we all know what arepas are now. Like, she lives in a city. Also, they're delicious, and I appreciate that they stop for some food. Yeah. Yeah. I always like when we get to see them eating. I was annoyed because I wanted an arepa. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I was like, oh, well, now I'm hungry. That looks great. Uh, They stop in a bar and dance to some music. And he sort of tells her about his family. He says his dad is very charming and soft spoken. Um,
2: And she's like, oh,
1: like you. And his mom, he describes as a ball of energy. Yeah. And very
0: sensitive and And protective. And he's an only child, which makes sense.
1: Yeah. And then she says, well, I'm nervous, obviously, because of what you told me about the last girl you brought home. And he's like, well, that was maybe the other person's fault. That's like so- that seems to be the the company line. It's like, well, it was just that his ex was a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I am not buying that yeah, sorry, for a second. That. All that tells me is that if things go badly, you're going to blame me mm-hmm. and not your mom, and yep. that makes yes. me uncomfortable. Um,
0: but he is obsessed with Rachel making Rachel smile.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's just full of these little these little lines that I, I mean, don't know. It's, he's I, I don't want to say like this is disingenuous. I just don't think we've seen. Yeah, I want more.
2: They're very attracted to each other. So like, yeah, I think the lust and the attraction is real, but that is all it is.
1: I mean, he definitely is clearly is someone who enjoys the courtship phase. Mm-hmm. So I totally believe that he's obsessed with making her smile. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have a lifelong mm-hmm. bond um but i think his family's approval means a lot to him to say the least so thank they, god uh, go rachel is the
0: most charming woman alive seriously she's, because...
1: i think she's the only human <laughs> yeah. woman who could make it out of there without like claw marks on her face during this hometown date um brian's mom olga describes <laughs> him as her one true love like Every 30 seconds, it mm. seems like, during the entirety of this date. He's her, he's her life. He's her love. She loves him so much, more than anything in the world. He's everything to her. Um, and when she talks, okay, so first of all, they toast with these very tiny wine glasses. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? They but were, I liked like, it because then his mom could just, just finish toss off the, the whole thing. thing I appreciated that. It's a good move. And then she talks with Brian, and she is very blunt. She's like, you've had the opportunity to meet so many girls, so many girls, and you haven't found yours. And then you go on a show, and you fall in love with the girl on the show. Like, I'm shocked.
2: She keeps it real, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I agree with her, kind of. Like, that's kind of been our issue with Brian all along is that he just seems like someone who – dates a lot mm-hmm. and yeah and, I mean to settle down
0: and she's right marriage is a serious commitment you do right. need more time to get to know each other like that that's
2: really I fair I really wonder like Rachel, why Rachel has not asked him the same questions she's asked everyone else like him yeah. being older why aren't you married why aren't you with someone what were all the bad things that happened she seems to just be missing like yeah. points of conversation with him
1: she just instead is like are you too good to be true <laughs> and he's like No, I'm not too good to be true. Maybe you're too good to be true. Maybe (laughs) together we'll be a perfect cup. And I'm like, that's not what she was asking. Um, And then Olga says, I hope Rachel knows not to mess with the mother because blood is blood and we'll always be family. Yeah. I was like, I know this is like a cultural thing to some extent, but I would be running the other direction. That's terrifying. Um, Brian's sister, meanwhile, or does he have a sister? I thought yeah, he said no, he was an only child. No, because he's an only child. But I don't then know who that girl
0: was. Some yeah. girl they,
1: who's acting like his sister. Maybe, maybe it was auntie, a cousin or, or, cousin, or yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So, someone who's clearly very close because, yeah. yeah, she took on the sibling yeah. role. Mm-hmm. So
1: Rachel asked what happened with Brian's ex, and she's very, like— Well, It was her fault. Yeah, she felt like she was threatened by how close he is to his mom. And, like, how is that a threat? She's his mom. That's crazy. And that was her demise. She kept saying demise. Who talks like that?
2: This is not Game of Thrones. It was terrifying.
1: (laughs) And also, like, the whole idea that you can't be threatened by your partner's relationship with a family member. Right. I get that they're not going to marry their mom. But if there is no room in their life for... Or if
0: the partner, right? Because, your decisions are going to be dictated by well, that exactly. family member,
1: yeah, th- it definitely can be a threat. That's why so many women have issues with their mother mothers-in-law, yeah. like because your husband might be used to having another woman who comes first, and he's not willing to change that, and that's definitely hard to deal with.
2: Very hard to deal with. And Rachel's such a dominant, type A person. I don't think she would. Play, play that well like I don't think she will let that ha- be ran over like
1: that I mean you can tell how much she likes Brian because she was just sort of like okay cool well I'm gonna make her love me and then it'll be fine and like, I mean she and, that that definitely is the way to play it
0: in these situations she's yeah, not wrong like, in the
1: long run right you know,
0: it depends how much that involvement is going to be sustained and like would they be living in Miami Like, you know I think physical distance
1: would make that easier
2: in Texas right she can't just like up and take the bar somewhere else
1: well she's taken the bar in Wisconsin apparently she she brought that that. but I mean uh, it's it's one thing you know because by winning over the mother you can ensure that she doesn't stand in the way Mm -hmm. of him being with you but that doesn't get rid of the potential problem of her dominating your life. Yeah. No. Um so she's sort of by winning him over is sort of buying in whereas his ex was like this isn't going to work for me. I need you to put me first is mm-hmm. what it sounds like and not your mom and he was like no. No. Yeah. So, but Rachel
0: does uh, win his mother over and his mom gets kind of weepy and, and says, says she she went to mass <laughs> and she asked God that if Rachel's
1: the one and if Brian's happy, then then she'll be happy. But if he's not happy, then she will kill Rachel. Right. Which she says then with sort of a kill. straight face. And then Rachel laughs. Rachel's like. And his <laughs> mom is like, no, nope, no, nope. will. Why do you think they kept saying that the ex met her demise at my hands? <laughs> she is dead. Um, this is too intense. And then. She said I can see in Rachel's eyes that she's a good person, which is true. I think you can see in Rachel's eyes that she's a good person. I mean all the families were charmed
0: by Rachel. That yeah. is one that is for sure. Even I'm charmed by Rachel. Me too. I
1: look in <laughs> like her I eyes bring her home. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. I think if I brought Rachel home everyone would be very confused, but they'd be on board. Right. <laughs> My yeah. husband would be like, "Okay, I get it. Like it's fine." Um And immediately after they leave, Brian is like, they loved you, and I love you. I feel like I can finally say it now, which is definitely not a sign that he's too attached to his family's approval. It's totally normal.
0: Also, this is how little I'd been
1: paying attention. I was like, wait, is this the first time he's saying that? (laughs) He said a lot of—he was very quick to say he was falling in love with her. Okay, he hadn't full-on said he's in love with her. Okay, so
2: I'm very like very new to The Bachelor, and so this whole idea of, like— this pressure of her, like, I would feel uncomfortable with anyone saying that they loved me within these few weeks that we've just been taping. So, it's kind of like, I'm okay with people, like, (laughs) getting to that stage of loving me. But, like, (laughs) this, like, right, no, yeah, I think that's normal. It seems very unnormal for all of them to be like, I'm madly in love with you. So that's, yeah,
0: definitely a (laughs) function of the weird structure of this show is that it's about around this time where they are expected to say it, and then are seen as falling behind if they, they don't. don't. Yeah. Right,
2: and see, I would be so turned off on someone who's like, "Guess I'm madly in love." Like, you haven't even <laughs> met my family. Right. <laughs> like, wait, wait, like, wait. You might not like my dad. I
1: think there's been like a little bit of a creep because. Earlier, it wasn't so universal. Like, sometimes you get to the finale and no one would have said it yet.
2: Mm -hmm. Now it's
1: like... People started saying it earlier. And what the leads would always realize is I would rather bet on a sure thing than Mm. choose someone who might... Turn me down, or who might not feel the same way. And Mm -hmm. so then it became clear that to get to that point, you had to show the lead that you were all in.
2: Yeah. And so
0: that's more code for I'm all in than even necessarily, like, from what any couples who've come out of the show have said, they always say, you know, once they've had some distance from it, like, that was a very interesting, unique experience. Mm -hmm. And when we ended it together, we started dating afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Even if we were engaged. We, we dated in the weeks after the yeah. show. Um, you know, they're like, we l- left each other and we were engaged. We didn't have each other's cell phone numbers and we weren't Facebook friends. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, I get weirded out. Like, <laughs> if
2: I'm friends with someone for a year, I'm like, should we call each other best friends yet? Like, <laughs> it still like it might be too soon. Yeah. <laughs> I might be too soon. I don't know.
1: I've been friends with people for years and I'm just like, you know, we're, You're on the we we see burner. each other sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, And Rachel is very excited to hear that he's in love. She has all the feels. She's having all the feels. And it feels Um, good. Right. So good. She is giddy. She's the only one who could say a line like that and have it come off as uh, charming. I want what she has. Just like this bottled charisma. Just I want to buy it and pour it all over myself. We're going to take a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more on The Bachelorette Hometown Dates with Jasmine Lawson. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious
0: pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing
1: done? Yeah. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time.
0: The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority.
1: Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it.
0: If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try.
1: It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
0: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge.
1: Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp.
0: Visit betterhelp.com love to see it today to get 10% off your first month.
1: That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot love to see it. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola
0: because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola.
1: Yes, i thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website, There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible.
0: And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat.
1: When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness?
0: If so, Allo Moves is here to
1: change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Allo Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is.
0: And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient.
1: They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, hit classes, or Reformer Pilates workouts.
0: Truly, truly have it all because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments.
1: I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pick-up or drop-off. You're making a lunch you're like dealing with some need that your children have, or you're working. And Allo Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in In those spare moments, when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up, and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to Allomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's Allomoves.com, code LTSI20. Allomoves.com, code LTSI20.
0: I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear, Mm -hmm. but Quince has been an
1: absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles, and I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus.
0: They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk
1: tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... And passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love
0: Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince. But I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories I just purchased an incredible neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name.
1: Indulge in affordable luxury.
0: Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns.
1: That's com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: quince.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new
1: language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works.
0: Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild.
1: One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all.
0: Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like
1: such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at Babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Next is Peter. Mm. They're going to Madison. Mm. To see
0: his Midwestern Midwestern roots. roots.
1: And the Silver Fox is really coming out on this date. He's wearing, like, a T-shirt with, like, a slightly deeper than usual, like, it's, like, between Neckline. a boat neck and a crew neck. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't stop looking at his collarbones, just, like, peeping out. <laughs>
2: Peter is everything.
1: <sighs> He's just, like, so on point. Mm-hmm. He's, like, He's I'm not winner. just going to wear a T-shirt. I'm going to flaunt my beautiful collarbone. They go to um, the farmer's market. And then they meet up with some of his friends at a bar. <laughs> what was this? So this was, like, a huge surprise to me. They sit down uh, It's with two couples that are his friends both of the women are white and both of the men are black and And they were definitely couples yes they appeared to be. They, it was so not awkward. clarified.
2: he hated that whole situation. <laughs> and she
1: says, and we have not heard this, Peter told me I have 10 close friends and 8 out of the 10 are black. And she's sort of like, and both of his, like, guy friends sort of, like, rub their faces and are like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, they made a joke. Yeah, they were like, here's, yeah. here's my black
2: friend card. He's made awkward statements. Like, unlike, I forgot who, was it Dean was the one that said, it, I'll never go. Back if I would go black, yeah, or whatever. yeah, and like Peter, I remember during the spelling bee episode when they were all in that boat and they were dancing. He was like, "She's a girl from the hood," oh God, and like so Peter, cringy. like no. Rachel's like from upper middle class. <laughs> yeah. like both her parents are lawyers, so like he's he's made awkward statements like that before. We're like, okay, just because you have these few black friends, it's obviously oh like you've not been in a lot of black spaces. Yes. yes
1: <laughs> definitely. That is certainly <laughs> obvious. Very obvious. Yeah. But you know, they're all like, Yeah, Peter is accepting, he treats everyone the same. They're <sighs> they're they're talking him up and I'm sorta of like Yeah, but he clearly doesn't quite have The understanding. I was (laughs) was just like, whose idea was this?
2: this? It was so awkward. Uh, Like, you really, out of all, it's probably like, let's get two of your interracial couple friends to show (laughs) Rachel that you're very comfortable in being in an interracial relationship. I guess they were like, well, your family
0: is the most typical of families we see on this show. So we got to mix this up and show that you have some black
1: friends. Yeah. Which is, oh God. (laughs) Yeah. It was awkward. And then Peter pulls his guy friends aside and is like, I don't know if I'm ready to commit. And they're like, I don't know, man. (laughs) You're like, yeah, yeah, it does seem kind of quick. I'm like, yeah, I guess we, we really got our money's worth out of this gathering. Um, So then they go meet his family, his dad, his I do like like when his friends are like, don't fuck it up. (laughs) Yeah. well, they, they seem a little more aware than he is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I love Peter, but yeah. he reminds me of Don Draper, or John Hamm's character on 30 Rock, uh. who is not Don Draper, but, like the bubble of attractiveness where he can just like say things that mm. are a little awkward and people are like oh, oh Peter, Peter you're handsome and well-meaning how can we be mad at you right. you know I know and it like works on me too I'm oh, like damn, damn it, it.
2: The, <laughs> gap, the gap has me with Peter like in yeah. the, the matching gaps and it's just yeah good. he's <laughs>
1: like I have black friends and I'm like mm, and then he flashes that gap and I'm like oh. right, exactly. <laughs> okay right. Right. Um, yeah um, one of my friends pointed out that his mom has a neck tattoo did you guys guys notice this no me neither i'm i'm, I'm calling my friend out priscilla Gotta, i was so I focused on him with it. the child
2: in his hand yeah yes. I, like i was
1: like damn it again it's working <laughs> he was holding his his little toddler knees his head is covered in curls um the, they his brother and his wife him. have a couple kids Two yeah
0: kids they're both
1: very cute and um Peter talks to his mom alone. And he has
0: like a sweet rapport with his family. Like he he makes a joke about how he accidentally grabbed
1: Rachel's butt, and like they all laugh. Like they yeah. seem to have a good a good dynamic. And uh, he tells his mom that he thinks he's ready, but he's worried that he still has walls up. And she's like, "Well, I know you've been looking for the right woman for a while, and I I really see you two together." But um, then Rachel asks his mom if he's ready, and his mom is like, maybe not. She said,
0: like, he's emotionally ready for commitment, but she doesn't know if he'd be ready to propose in three weeks, which, like, right. again, as outside of this structure is normal, completely reasonable. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I think Peter, it's good if he is feeling those doubts. It's better for him to be really open about it yeah. than to go down this path and pretend as though... And you know, and we've seen this happen before on past seasons where a guy will sort of just like outwardly buy into everything and then kind of shock the lead mm-hmm. really late into the process by like freaking out and kind of taking yeah. their out of it. Or, <laughs> right, Brooks. Or, you know, we've seen it happen a few... Uh, I guess this happened on Allie's season, which mm-hmm. I didn't watch, but I've heard about it like, with the guy that she was most into Frank Um, I don't know so you know it's better for I think it's good for Peter to be so honest about it but it's so funny that in the context of the show it it reads as like such a mark against him Mm -hmm. that he could have any doubts after knowing someone for
2: six weeks well to me it's like I also would think Since The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, it's always someone who has also been through the process before, that that lead would understand more what the other people are going through because Rachel was on Nick's season, so obviously she wasn't, like, super still in love with Nick. Like, she got past that to be on The Bachelorette, so, like, you weren't (laughs) like, oh, my God, this is the one I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. So, like, we're not buying into that. So, you should understand, like, what it's like to be in that final session. Like, this is someone I could see myself with. Right. But.
0: Well, I think maybe she does relate to it and understand it. But in at the end of the day, like Claire brought up, like, going for a sure thing is mm-hmm. less terrifying on national television. Yeah. So she'll go with Brian.
2: Yeah. <sighs> Well, I don't know. So Peter is my pick for the win. I think Peter is a good mix of all of them. He's super fine and attractive. Like if you look at Peter's Instagram, he dresses like a frat boy like on the show. <laughs> His Instagram, he's like a GQ, like Calvin Klein, out yeah, all these yeah. suits and stuff. Like he is super attractive, like fine out of this world. Um, and, <laughs> but he's very charming the way that Eric is and they have like really like easy conversations like my favorite day ever is the puppy cello like that oh, was like, the that cutest was thing the in the best world day. and the way that they bonded over like being going to therapy I was like that's the uh, most New York day ever yes, like I'm that in was, therapy that too that was my favorite like, moment was so great so I'm, for me I'm like Peter is a good combination of someone where she can actually be normal with can lust over he seems sane like I don't know Peter's a <laughs> great pick for me Adi's
1: in
0: his early 30s yeah like and he, he seems yeah. ready yeah. and he's
2: he's was in madison places that she lived before and things of that nature so i don't know yeah
1: it also makes me think back to andy and josh and i mean she picked someone she was really attracted to and they ended up being i mean aside from all the allegations of abuse like too similar in a lot of ways I, like he's kind of also a dominating personality, and they butted heads. And and Peter, you see someone who's sort of, like, less sure of himself and would let Rachel maybe take the lead a little bit, mm-hmm. and that might be good for her. But like, I think that we see her fears of him not
0: being yeah. fully in really cropping up. Like, she says, like, she doesn't
1: want a boyfriend at the end of this. She wants yeah. to be engaged. Yeah, um, yeah she's ready. Um, But he tells her, you know. He doesn't say he's in love with her. He doesn't. No, (laughs) not not at all. But he says uh, that seeing her hang out with his friends and his family um, just makes him very hopeful for the future. And he
0: says she fits in my life flawlessly. Um, And he wants to move forward with Rachel. But then he also says after, like, maybe some of the other men have told her X, Y, and Z. And. I might be going home. Like yeah. it's it's funny to remember that they are at this point separated so they actually have no idea how things are progressing with the other relationships. Yeah.
1: Which is I thought of that so much with with what ended up happening with Dean is just you you can't know what's happening with the other guys and you might hear something that makes you feel like you're a shoe in and then So right. Dean oh. they they're in Aspen where he's from and he is wearing quite an outfit. Can we talk I'm about into this? the purple pants.
0: I tweeted that it was skinny jeans. Someone made a point to like very intensely tell me um those are not skinny jeans, they're skinny sweatpants. So I don't, I don't know, know what I don't know what kind of pants they are, but they were skinny. They were skinny and they were purple, and I was kind of into them.
1: I think they were skinny purple pants. I don't think Flags. they were sweatpants. Well, they were some kind of pant they looked, material. They looked too <laughs> dapper to be sweatpants. And he's wearing, like, a long uh hoodie mm-hmm. over a blue button-down. And just, it was just a lot of look. He's just yeah.
0: very cute.
1: Um He makes it work, and they go – ATV riding they have like a champagne picnic on some hay bales has anyone
0: else noticed that champagne is definitely Rachel's favorite drink because they have had it on almost every date they're always yeah, popping bottles of champagne. Said, yeah,
2: she likes, she <laughs> and she likes to pop a bottle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel don't that. blame her. I have a lot of <laughs> gifts
2: of her popping a bottle. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, you're very you're very familiar with the most like <laughs> yeah. giftable moments. moments. Yeah,
2: <laughs> her in the hot tub in like Copenhagen, I think, or wherever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they were popping a bottle. <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> I respect that. She likes to make a statement, um, and she tells him uh, he tells her that she's going to be meeting his brothers. Brad and Ross, his sister Skye, and his dad Paramrup, I think is how it's pronounced. Paramrup, yeah. And he, she Param says, Rup. what does he want me to call him? And he says, Paramrup. Param <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's also going to introduce Rachel to his dad's new wife, Santantar. Um, and he's he, only met twice. Yeah, and he hasn't spoken to his dad in two years. And he tells her that um, he converted um, to Sikhism in the past six years um and so yeah so this is the name that he took when he converted um and so she asked him why he hasn't talked to his dad in two years and he says i'm going to answer that question with question is it my responsibility to have that relationship with my dad thoughts
2: it's <laughs> deep I, I mean yeah i can relate on different levels i think a lot of times in those circumstances it is, i do feel like it's the parent like you like ha, that needs to reach out and you'll see later on i think the dad has a weird misconception of be, what being a good parent is so you can tell that dean's very hurt he needs to go to therapy like peter and Um, But and work through some of this stuff, but yeah, I don't necessarily think that he's at fault. Like, I don't think there's a wrong in the situation, yeah, and how you handle it. I think
0: this is a family that has been through trauma, Mm -hmm. and that each member of the family has perhaps reacted to that trauma in different ways that did not uh, bring them closer together. And they, we Mm -hmm. don't know if they've had any professional help as a family unit but like maybe I mean I think everyone he should was be in how therapy is mom that 15, 16 15, which is yeah. a, such a I mean young and I think there's no good age no there's there's yeah. no good age um but he seems to be the the baby of the family so I think yeah. he was the youngest of all of them and I don't know I think like yeah. also often in many tough familial situations, if that relationship is not serving you as an individual, like, making a choice to not be in contact with
2: a family mm-hmm. member,
0: even if it's a parent, is a valid
1: choice. It is. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. I really felt for Dean here because he wasn't going to say what Rachel wanted to hear. Rachel is very family-oriented. Mm-hmm. She's very close to her family. She does think that it's his responsibility on some level to have a relationship with his family. And – he has a different view of family um, and has had a really hard time with his. Yeah. And so she wanted to hear, you know, I family is so important to me. Of course I'm trying to make it work because that's how she feels. But mm-hmm. he doesn't have that sense. And um, I think that it was really difficult also to see his dad talk about it later. Um, there's just a lot of pain. And um and Rachel really encourages Dean to talk to his dad about what happened and to like she says, maybe you should tell him, you know, you weren't there for me. And I just wanted to say, like, maybe not, maybe you shouldn't yeah. say that because Maybe Dean knows better than you why that won't be helpful.
2: Yeah, I think she was overstepping in a lot of ways, and it is very uncomfortable to me. I feel like the show is moving in such a progressive space. It should be, a, you should be allowed to be from an unconventional family. Like, like you said before that all the hometowns are very cookie cutter and these traditional families. I think most people can re- probably relate to a Dean situation than anything yeah. else. So it would have been better to just let it be what it is or for him to kind of maybe pick his own dynamics of the people in his life because sometimes when you come from a broken home like that and you become an adult, you kind of choose your own adult family and it probably would have been better for her to meet the people he actually considers close to, maybe that is just his siblings, than, like, this forced situation with his dad. Because that just seemed so, like, and all scripted in one and weird space. and, like, very, like, not well thought out. Because it did, it saw, like, his, his trauma and that broken relationship for, like, being exploited on TV was just really weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it felt... It was so hard to watch, because on the one hand, I was like, this is more relatable as you said than mm-hmm. a lot of family situations we've seen like but at the same time the family didn't sign up to have their most intimate difficult dynamics yeah. aired on national television and opened up to you know there are members of this audience that are quite sensitive and maybe looking at this really thoughtfully but we know that it's the internet and a lot mm-hmm. of people who watch this show don't react with any sensitivity to you know, everything from his father's Sikh culture to Mm -hmm. the actual, you know, family dynamics. And we even saw that a couple of days ago, Dean posted on Instagram a long thing saying, you know, when I said my dad was eccentric, I was not talking about the way he dresses. I was not talking about his Sikh faith. And I would really ask that people, you know, use their discretion in how they're speaking about this because you could be insulting to an entire culture. And it's like just the fact that he had to, come forward and say like don't don't be a racist asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, speaks to what the family is kind of opened up to by being oh, on this yeah. national stage. And like
2: again it seems like a, a lot of those four situations of what the show is trying to be and not naturally just letting it happen. And it's like, yes, this look at this guy, this seat guy, this is his dad. He's different. He's not this white boy that you probably thought Dean was. Well, he has he all is those... white. So like all <laughs> this weirdness, it's like uh
1: Yeah. I mean that uh... I felt for Dean here because he clearly is uncomfortable with his how his dad has changed. And that's valid. You know, like he grew up knowing his dad with a certain name and a certain Mm -hmm. way of living. And now he's chosen a very different path. And when he comes home, it's not familiar to him. And that's really hard. That doesn't mean that he doesn't respect his dad's faith or that it isn't valid but he's also struggling with it and that opens you know a lot of uncomfortable conversations up that aren't going to be had in a sensitive way here let's get to the actual date the family part of the date
0: um it starts out fairly calmly um they have you can see dean kind of being uncomfortable and holding holding back understandably but like you know, everyone is – they walk in. Everyone is very kind and open. Um, his dad does kind of like a cleansing with the gong, yeah. sort of a meditation. And then Speaks really – it was a really moving moment, I think, when he spoke about Dean's mother.
1: Yeah. I. This, like, brought up a lot of feelings for me. Dean's dad is remarried, um, and it's been about 10 years since his wife – his first wife died. Um, and he gives this talk about how when she died, she said she would be there for them in feathers. Like that would be her sign to them. And so he sort of gives Rachel and Dean these ceremonial feathers and he gets very choked up and it says, you know, she was the most amazing woman, you know, except for my wife now. And I mean, I just got married and my dad gave the toast at my wedding and it was really emotional having my dad like talk about my mom because that is hard for a lot of men to do like it's it becomes a thing where you don't talk about it and you just move on and settle into your new life and seeing his father be emotional about what they had all lost was really moving Um, but it's clear that he wasn't really able to do that when Dean needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And and you can see that on Dean's face so clearly when he's talking like that that like anger and hurt that is just below the surface.
1: Yeah. And you know, Rachel encouraged Dean to bring this up with his dad and when he and his dad talk alone his dad's is sort of talking about like, "Oh, I feel like I was a pretty good dad. Like look at you, you've grown up so well." And that kind of sets Dean off a little bit. <laughs> and he wants to talk about how he abandoned him emotionally after his mom died and how he wasn't really able to to care for them outside of providing fin- financially. And, you know, it was just really, really painful because it's clear that his dad is really really had a hard time when his wife died mm-hmm. and it was really difficult for him and then he was left with this family that he didn't know how to care for um and he didn't want to hear how he had failed you know he didn't want to hear that no, he did not seem open to th- yeah to having that conversation and I almost felt like maybe it was it would be better to just leave it alone you mm-hmm. know like if I and I want to clarify my dad was amazing after my mom died But there are always things that you miss and you look back and you're like, I wish things could have been different in this way. Maybe I could have had this thing that I felt like I missed out on after mom died. And you take it to a therapist (laughs) and you you get it out and you understand it. And then you try to understand that your your dad also had his struggles. Um, And I felt like Dean wasn't ready to have that kind of conversation It didn't seem like either of them really were. neither of them. Dean might not be at that point yet. But it was, you know, you also see a little bit of what he's talking about when his dad walks out and Dean says, well, I love you regardless. And his dad says, whatever. That was fucking heartbreaking. It was really hard. Um, And then we see Rachel kind of try to pull
0: Dean's dad aside because they're still, again, operating within this structure of hometown date Mm -hmm. where this one-on-one time has to happen. And— she tries to kind of say, like, it was so important for her to meet him and, and she thanks him for, you know, welcoming her into his home and, like, he – he it starts off okay. He says Dean is an incredible man and he says, like – and then he sort of stops it and says, like, I, I just basically can't do this. I didn't realize the harsh feelings my son had and I wish you blessings and I – if you want to – you know, if things go further, I welcome you to come back, basically, off off camera and mm-hmm. get to know me better. And I think he sort of, in that moment, seemed to have a realization that, like, airing more of this on national television would not necessarily serve yeah. anyone. And I think yeah.
2: he was
1: probably correct. Yeah. If He's he's just at this point where Dana's been thinking about had this conversation and it's clear that he has not been expecting to have this conversation at all. And he's just at the beginning of processing it. And that's not a point where you can have a productive conversation. Um, so he he bows out, and uh, Rachel goes into the house and sort of lies down with Dean on the floor. Um, there's no table, so they've all just been lying on the floor, <laughs> to be clear. Um, and he is really struggling because he's also having a lot of realizations about his relationship with his dad. And then he like very abruptly turns to, I know that I'm falling in love with you. And she says, "I'm falling in love with you too." Oh no!
0: (laughs) I think in the moment, all those things were meant, but it was such an emotionally heightened situation. There was so much hurt wrapped up in that, you know, confession of love. It was just, oh, you could just. You were like, "This is not going to go well."
1: I love you to anyone else.
2: No. She's the only – he's the she only didn't one.
1: Say, she didn't say I love her. She said him. I'm
2: falling in love
0: but with But okay. I don't I think you. she
1: said that to anyone else. We At least we haven't seen it. Mm. Um, and I think they would show it if, right. if they could. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was a very bittersweet moment for her where she's kind of realizing how much work Dean has to do in his life, but where she's also really kind of amazed by how much is in him and she's feeling a lot for him. But then having to accept that maybe he's not ready for what some of the other guys are ready for. Yeah. And so she, I do think she meant it, but that that didn't it, change.
0: And exactly the, what the you facts. were saying earlier about the fact that they, they're not seeing each other and how that – the other guys. Like, yeah. For him, that must have been a really – he must have felt very settled after hearing right. that, which is understandable. And then to be – sent home. It's also just makes me really sad that it happened right after this sort of trauma comes up yeah. with his family. I, I I actually don't think that's that his family is why Rachel maybe made the decision, mm-hmm. but I think it was always yeah. going in the direction where he would make it to final 4 and no yeah. further.
1: I think also if he were more settled in his feelings about his family it would have helped him because she is so like I'm an adult I'm mm-hmm. ready to start my own family and he's still figuring some stuff out I don't think it has to do with his family situation more that he's processing yeah, a lot at totally. this point right, right. And I, I th- think his age has a lot to do with that. Yep, yeah
2: I agree I think I, I never thought he would be the one that won in the end just because of who Rachel is and the dynamics of her wanting a really adult relationship
1: yeah yeah (laughs) and I I feel for because like you do like it doesn't make sense but like (laughs) because people don't usually choose to die but like that can give you a lot of abandonment issues and like the fear that love will be taken away from you and um he always seems very strong but you can tell that he still has a lot of um, trauma from what happened And that him. was something that
0: we didn't really talk about it, but Rachel did have a conversation with his sister, mm-hmm. in which his sister kind of said, like, she felt very weak in the situation, like, after their mom's death, and Dean was always kind of the the strong one. And I think often when you talk about, like, a young man being the strong one, it involves mm-hmm. a lot of, like, emotional suppression yeah. often. Um, and so I do think, as you said, like, we're seeing him get to the point where he's, like, really... Diving into these traumas, mm. yeah. um, which he needs to do, just maybe we hope that he can continue to do that off of
2: yeah. national this television. Like, <laughs> this specific episode was just like the therapy. Episode. Yeah. Like everyone <laughs> talked about all the traumatic experiences in their life. I lives. also wanted to
1: send a lot of people to therapy. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Brian and his mom can maybe is like some. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it's time for the rose ceremony. But first, Chris Harrison appears yes. for the first time in so long. <laughs> to he's earning his paycheck. <laughs> she he's like, "How are you doing?" And she says, "Not good." And great job, great he's job, like, Chris. It's okay to struggle. It's yeah. okay to not be perfect. Um, Thera- she, she Ther- therapist She says, for her Harrison. to be selfish," and he's like, "Well, are you ready? <laughs> like, <laughs> what What are you here for?" Um. So she talks through how she felt about all the different guys on the date. And she mentions that when Dean told her he was falling in love with her, it was right in the midst of this really complicated moment emotionally. And so she wasn't sure what he was really feeling, Um, which is tough because she did say back to him um, in that moment. And um, so to question it later that he meant it, seems a little rough <laughs> um, but it, it was a really weird and difficult moment to have that conversation Um and now it is time for the rose ceremony we're here and she starts by giving a little um, emotional speech about how she's starting to have feelings of love and She says to the person I have to say goodbye to tonight, I'm so sorry. And I want you to know that I believe you're an absolutely amazing person. And I'm so sorry that I have to do this.
0: Also, all of the men looked very dapper. Yeah. They were all dressed quite nicely. It was was good. Yeah, it
1: was good. They all got to go home and refresh their outfits. (laughs) Um, The roses are handed out first to Brian, then to Eric, then to Peter. Right, it was meant to feel...
0: Like, I just feel like we knew. I mean, also because ABC had spoiled themselves with the uh, promo.
2: Do you guys think any of these four will be the next Bachelor? Yes. Which one?
0: I don't... I I thought for sure Peter, Mm. if... But
1: I feel like... Dean made a strong case, yeah. yeah. Last but night. because
0: we know he's on Paradise, yeah. <laughs> okay, I w- think that lowers his chances. It will depends how it plays out. If he is the center of romantic drama on Paradise, I think that diminishes his chances. Capital, of, yeah, of being the Bachelor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Last night made me feel like Eric's stock sort of rose, yeah. and yeah. like, oh, he could carry.
2: Well, that was my thing. I think they won like. It- any of the contestants, but they do want to finally have like a person of color as the the bachelor. So I'm like, I yeah. wonder if someone from this season. Who, I am worried that
1: be? they're going to think it's too much too soon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was joking with um, my co worker that it's like the country. Like, we gave you Barack. Now, <laughs> yeah, exact- exactly. For, like, exactly. Exactly. We'll
1: give you something else. Yeah. The next bachelor is going to be Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, like a real about <laughs> face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it did too much. My only my, did fall in love with Lee.
0: I mean, <laughs> right? Universally beloved that one.
2: There is a great like we're all dumb to the fact that in the middle of the country, Lee has a lot of support. Oh, I oh, think okay. no. Lee definitely
1: has some fans. And so. a lot
2: of girls that want to date him. It's really upsetting. Every <laughs> time I it's see, like,
1: oh, God. where have we gone wrong?
2: Yeah.
1: As a society. Well, uh, um, many ways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is just one of them. Yeah. So Rachel walks Dean out and she he looks Stone-faced. She says, I underestimated how I would feel about the people left. And then she says, I wonder if you're really ready for the same things that I'm ready for.
0: And you can tell he's so frustrated and shocked but also trying to be, like, very calm and respectful. And he sort of has this moment of, like, but— but I said
1: I was falling in love with you, and you said it do. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I believed you. And she's like, no, I meant it, as hard as that may be to believe. I don't think he believed that. No. Um, and he says, you're an incredible woman. You have three incredible guys in there. I wish you the best of luck. And they hug. And in the limo, he he basically says, you know, I thought that she meant it when she said she was falling in love. But it wasn't reciprocated. Um, And he says, you know, I think she's an incredible woman, but I think that she made a mistake. And you know what? Everyone agreed with him on Twitter. (laughs) People were very upset. Oh, no. The Dini babies love him. He's. <laughs> he's just very
0: charming. I think, I think he'll he'll be a hit on Paradise. We'll be fine. I think the
1: only person people he will really be mine. Happy to see go home after this episode was Brian. But he's not going he's home. Not going home. Uh. We're just going to be disappointed every episode when Brian doesn't go she home. Guys, you all watch. need to like really <laughs> prep yourselves. He's never going home. Oh, God, <laughs> he can't go home again. Um, and. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there were some bonkers, Bachelor in Paradise promos last night. Yeah. Know. They
0: really tried to to lean
1: into the fact that production was stalled. Yeah. So they they show some tweets of people who are so upset that it was canceled. They can't believe like Summer Without Paradise. And then it's back. It's back. Paradise is found. So They're like paradise, almost lost. Paradise found <laughs> tweet
0: about how excited, tweeted best day of my life, tweet best day of my life. You know,
1: I was very, like, firm that it wasn't a marketing tactic, but this made me feel like it was a marketing tactic. I was like, they're trying to yeah. use the f- and the fact that they Corinne's fucked up. And back
2: on the show. That's what they said, right? Oh, She's going to
0: be in the—so instead of having an after show, I believe uh, this season they're going to have um, a reunion at the end of Paradise, which they usually don't do. It mm. just ends. Um, so I think Corinne and I assume maybe DeMario to- as well. I
1: heard they were both coming on. I think the
0: they're both going to be on the reunion. They're not going to, they didn't go oh, back to film in back. Mexico.
2: That would have been crazy.
0: But they'll yeah. probably have some sort of like where they can.
2: But do you think they'll those. air like those
0: episodes? With they them? are. Oh, wow. They are planning to air that, you know, I, and then I think it's going to be, they're going to acknowledge, sort of narrate like production was stalled and then they're going to apparently show chris harrison gathering everyone and like laying out the new rules about drinking on the show and like so who i mean yeah there's a lot of room for this to go poorly i I mean we just we can't really know exactly what's going to be said and that's what's going to determine whether it's Mm
1: -hmm. terrible there's just like a very gleeful feeling of like We got away with it, which Mm -hmm. is, like, we don't know that they did anything wrong, but, like, it leaves a really bad taste for them to kind of celebrate.
0: It's, like, they didn't know how to acknowledge that this had happened. It's, like, I get why they didn't want to just do the promo – I get the instinct to say, like, we need to acknowledge that this happened. But then don't use it as this, like, fun, right. yeah. fun thing. And then it was saved. It's
1: like, no, a really <laughs> yeah. pretty
0: serious investigation It's like the happened. show was playing
1: peekaboo with you. Is like, the no.
0: investigation
2: still going? No. No? No no, oh. no, 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 It
0: wrapped up before filming resumed. And mm-hmm. also Corinne has officially, like, everyone's finished yeah. it investigating it. It just
1: felt like when, like people write profiles of athletes who, like, triumphantly overcame rape allegations yeah. by getting them swept under the carpet. You know, it just, like, yeah. feels like the wrong way to to approach what yeah, happened. Yeah, I
2: really thought that they should have just not continued and had yeah. to come back.
1: No, they're steamrolling right through. Uh,
0: I understand. Yeah, I definitely understand from a marketing... I mean, they couldn't have ever brought the show back if they didn't do it again. Yeah, If they didn't go back, I think. I think um, there was an interesting interview with Robert Mills, who's the head of alternative programming at ABC, um, who's always actually a very candid, interesting interview, on uh, Juliet Lippman's podcast on The Ringer. Mm -hmm. And he was just basically saying, like, we felt like it would, you know, this investigation was done. We're glad we stopped production. Everything was handled really professionally, and the producers did the right thing by bringing complaints and, like, having it up the chain. He's like, but we felt like if we didn't, just bring everyone back and continue that it would always, like, leave the question open
2: mm.
0: and and feel as though something really awful had yeah. happened, even if we said it didn't. Which I understand from, like, a viewer perspective is yeah, probably totally. true. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying, like, putting a moral judgment on that either way. Like, I don't really know what I think. But I, it was just interesting to hear the perspective of, like, the TV exec yeah. on, like, why that decision was made. And I was like, yeah, I, I see from their side why... If they felt like that investigation had been concluded to the best of
2: its abilities, hopefully it's a good you know. answer. Yeah, on there. yeah. I,
0: I I never have high hopes for ABC <laughs> to handle anything sensitively. <laughs> that but promo.
1: That the worst thing about the promo, I think, is that it gave me a really foreboding feeling about how they're gonna handle the whole situation. Right. Which like it was just a little tacky.
2: Well I hey well, it was go. definitely just, like, tacky. Make it could go on for four episodes like a cliffhanger for like yeah, a-
1: <laughs> Will they come back? <laughs> we'll never know, except you already know because this all already happened. Um yeah, so next week it's gonna be Fantasy Suites and it looks like They're going to Spain. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty excited for Brian to get a chance to talk in Spanish more. Maybe when Rachel can't understand him, which is always fun. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us. Yes, this was
2: amazing. This was so
1: great. Yeah, you'll have to come back next season. Are you going to be watching Paradise? Are you, like,
0: sucked in? (laughs) We'll see. I mean— If you do decide to watch— Come back and yes. uh, talk about it with us. <laughs> I would love to.
2: You ladies are amazing. This was a great conversation. This, really this is so great. Yes, yeah. I enjoyed it.
1: And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable.
0: Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. And now for one single lone feminism fail. Uh, In a very short moment during his hometown date, Peter refers to Rachel as a trophy on his arm. Peter, 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 you are beautiful and we like you, but... We cannot let you slide for this. That is just gross. Don't call a woman a trophy ever as a great general rule. Uh, We're going to give that one a 3.5. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest,
1: Jasmine Lawson, and of course, our producer, Nick Offenberg. If you haven't yet, remember to find Here to Make Friends on Apple Podcasts to subscribe and give us a rating. It helps other people find our show. We're also on Facebook, so please like our page. You can find us both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose, or you can send us an email at friends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later this week with a very special guest for a very special bonus episode. And of course, we'll be back next week to talk about fantasy suites. Womp womp.